Okay, we're going to begin a Gimel Gimel Manav. So, based on the base, the final Gemara that we were discussing yesterday, basically we had the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, "When is the earliest man one can read The Mishnah clearly said, "When the Kahanim go Chuma, which we understood as Tesi Kachavim, which we call nighttime. And then the Gemara brought down many other many other opinions of when is the earliest time to recite Kriyashma. And we left it at that, that there are many opinions. So over here, the last few lines which of this sugya is Gimel and Aleph. And the Gemara is going to ask that it seems like when we brought down the list of opinions, there are those that have two opinions. You know, uh, two Jews, three opinions. So you have one sheet, one, one uh, Tana, two opinions. So the Gemara says, Kasha Gimel and Aleph, Kasha de Rameir, Ad Rameir. You have a question of Rav Meir at honor of Meir himself. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, first Rav Meir said, when people go eat, on uh, on Friday night, and that's later than a kain eats. And now he says, Rameir says the time when kahanim go toivel, which is right right in the beginning of the night before nighttime comes. So how could he have two opinions of Rav Meir? So the Gemara says tre tanoi aliba de Rameir. There was a dispute amongst two tanam what Rameir, what his opinion was. So so it's my is what he held. Either he held when right away in the beginning of the night, right before night when. People go to the mikvah when they kind of go tivel themselves, go, go tivel, or he or he held later on after tzitzikahavim. So it's not a kasha. Then the Gemara says kasha to Rabbi Lezer, either Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer over here says says. Uh, let me go back. When for, when we start keeping Shabbos Friday night shkia, first Mishnah, Rabbi Lezer said. So that's also two different times. So the Gemara says, you can say the same thing. It is is what Rabbi Lezer held. Did he hold it's when the Kahanim eat Shuma, or did he hold this much earlier when we start keeping Shabbos, which is sunset? That is one way to answer it. The Seima and another tarot is Reisha Lav Rabbi he. The Reisha, the beginning of the Mishnah, the Mishnah first asked when is the first time to recite Kriyashma. That was Mishasha Kahanam Nechnasim Lecha Bishramasa. Maybe that was one opinion. And then there's a three way Machlaikas, the, the last time you could say Kriyashma. Maybe Rebel Ezer didn't get involved in the first part of the Mishnah. So maybe it's not a question on Rebel Ezer. Maybe he had nothing to do with the first statement of the Mishnah. Reisha, Lav Rebel he, maybe the beginning of that Mishnah had nothing to do with Rebel Ezer. Okay, so that's the end of the first discussion in, uh, in, in Mesechlis Brachas. So now we move on to the next part of the Mishnah. The next part of the Mishnah said, until when can you read Kriyashma? Until Atzayif HaShmur Rishon, until the end of the first watch. Okay, so what are this, what are the, what's the watch business? There's a, different watches in the night. What's going on? So this Gemara is going to explain that the night is divided into three different sections, or four different sections, right? We'll see that in, this in a minute. And Chazal referred to different times of the night based on these uh, watches, okay? Ashmoiras. So now the Gemara says, "My kasava Rebbeliezer." What did Rebbeliezer hold? Ikasava shalosh mishmoiras havi laila. If he held that there are three sections of the night, so then we assume a night has twelve hours. Halachic night is twelve hours. You figure out how many minutes per hour, but twelve hours in the night. So if you have three watches, three sections of the night, and he says you can say kriyishma until the end of the first section. How many hours is that? Four. So just say that, right? 
He should have said until you have until four hours. That is divided into four different parts, which would be three hours each. So he should have said you have until three hours to read Kriyashma. <coughs> <clears throat> so the Gemara says, I'm really really held that there are three sections in the night. So what's the point of telling me this? He's trying to teach me a lesson here. That there are the same way that there are uh, different sections and there are simonim in heaven, how heaven views different parts of the night. And we're going to see, there are certain times to daven for for the Chorban Abayis, different time, we're gonna, we have a halacha by slichos, when to start davening slichos. So there is a concept of different times of the night that are important, that are special. You also have sections or watches, a watch by day, by, I'm sorry, on, on earth, where we can see it in our own world, not just in the heaven, in our own world. So the Gemara is going to explain the Tani of Abraiser, Abelazar, the same person, Abelazar, Aymer, Shalosh Mishmar is Havia There are three sections in the night, Valkal Mishmar or Mishmar in every single section, so it's three times at night. Yoshiva Kadesh Brocho, Kadesh Brocho sits down, Vishoye Kari, and he roars like a lion, Shinemar, the Pusik says, Hashem Imaram Yeshag Hashem from on high, Yeshag, he roars, Omimain Kachoy. And from his uh, abode, he roars on the base of Mikdash. So Rashi points out how many times does it say shog? It says it three times. So there are three times where Akadosh Baruch Hu cries out, he roars at night, and these are the three sections of the night. The similar dover, and now what's the simon that we have on this world to know? When we, you know, which watch we are holding by. So Mishmar Rishon, the first watch, Chamar Noyer, the donkey brays. So if you hear a donkey bring, that's when you know up to the first section of the night. Shnia, the second section, Kalavim Tzayikim, the dogs bark, they cry out. That's how you know you're in the second section. Shlishis, the third section, Tina Yonik Mishteimoy, a baby starts nursing from his mother, and then the Isha and the mother, she wakes up her husband. So Isha Mesaferes in Baila. She, when she's up, she has to wake her husband up, and then she, start, she starts talking to him. So if you hear that, you know you are at the uh, third watch of the, of, the, of the night, already towards the morning. Now, he doesn't explain which section, which part of this watch, which part of the section am I hearing this noise, the donkey braying, the dogs crying, or the babies waking up to eat. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara asks that question. What does Rabbi Eliezer hold? If he holds that we go with the beginning of each section. So the beginning of the first section. Why do I need a simon to tell me that's the beginning of the first section? The beginning of the first section would be the first minute of night. Do I need a simon? I don't need a simon. I look outside as soon as it gets dark. Now I know, up to the first Mishmar. So why would I need the simon of the donkey's brain, right? It's night. And the Gemara says the other way. If he's telling me the end of the, each watch, why do I need a simon at the end of the third watch? It's day. right? I look outside, the sun comes out. I know it's day. So Ella, it must be Chashiv Saif Mishmar Rishayna. So first, it's telling me that it, let, let's go from a six to six, let's say uh, evening starts at six o'clock and morning starts six a.m. So the f- end of the first watch is 10 p.m. 
because we have four hours in each section. So at 10 p.m., you'll have the end of the first watch. That's when the donkeys are going to bray. And the middle of, of the second watch, which should be midnight, you're going to have the dogs barking by Chatzais. It's actually a pasuk when we left Mitzrayim. It says that the Lechatz Kalvashana, I thank you, that the dogs did not bark. So it fits with this Gemara. <coughs> but the middle of the middle section is the time when the dogs typically would bark. And the third section, the beginning of the third section, which would be 2 a.m., that's when the baby's waking up, right? The parents just fell asleep 10 minutes ago. And 2 a.m., the baby wakes up. And that's the simon you have for the third watch. So that's, that's what the Gemara answers. The Gemara says like this. <clears throat> we, we calculate the end of the first watch, 10 o'clock, and 2 in the morning, which is the beginning of the third watch, and the middle section of the middle watch. Based on this, the Magan of Ram says that since Chatzois, we see from this Gemara, is considered a, 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 a ace ratzain, a proper time, that's the minhag we have, or the Sephardim have, to say Tikkun Chatzois. Based on this Gemara, the Chatzois is the... Uh, is the, the middle of the middle watch, that's the appropriate time to daven. Levi Seima, and I'll, I'll tell you a different answer. Really, Kulu Saif Mishmaris Kachash. Really, Rabbi Lazar is telling us these things the donkey braying, the dogs barking, that's all the end of each section. So, 10 o'clock, 2 in the morning, and 6 in the morning. What was our question? Our question was at 6 in the morning, why do I need a simon? I can look outside, I see that the, the sun is coming up. I don't need a simon. I don't need a, uh, a sign to tell me what, what time of the night it is. I don't need it. Let's say you're in a home where there's no light. There's no windows. So now, how would you know when it's, it's halachically day? So when you hear, if you happen to be uh, sleeping next to a baby and the baby starts crying and a couple, who are, a, a couple start talking to each other, that's when you'll know that the day has begun. So it's important, even though typically you could just look outside and see the sun coming out. Well, I'll find you a case where you won't be able to tell by looking outside. You're in a base uphill. There's nobody around. There's no windows. Now, if there's nobody around, it doesn't help you. But it's just a simon to know. I'll find you a case where it would not be uh, applicable to just look outside and see that the day has started. Okay? <clears throat> so the Gemara like this. Someone's in a dark home. He doesn't know when his is. So Once a, a, a wife starts talking with her husband and the tinoik and the, and the infant is nursing, you can now get up and say Kriyashma. Why isn't anybody yeah. saying that at the beginning? And the same thing with when it turns dark, that you can, you can see outside. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe people would typically be outside. And they wouldn't. At night, you go to sleep. You wake up in the morning. It's interesting. I'm not sure. You could. You're right. Lachara. Once you're saying that we could, we could find a case that it's a, it's a dark enclosed home. There's no windows. So maybe even, even uh, the first mishmar would have been a good sign. Okay. The gemara goes with the second one. Amar v'yitzok bar shmuel mishmei derav. Gimel mishmar is habi. There are three sections in the night. Vakom mishmar mishmar every single. Uh, Watch, Yoshev HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits, Vishayi Ka'ari, he uh, roars like a lion, Vaimer, and he says, Oy Levanim, woe is to my children, Sheba Avonisehem, because of their sins, Hechrafti Esbesi, I destroyed my base in Mikdash, Vesarafti Esechali, and I birthed the Hechal. So why is this a, a double, a double lushing? So the Mepharshim say that there's the spiritual Chorban and there's the physical Chorban. Not only did the walls, the Eitzim Va'avanim, 
burn on Tisha B'Av, it's the, the Shechina left. The Shechina left from the base of Medesh. So there's Sarafti is Sechali and there's Sechrafti is Beisi. The Higlesim Lebein Umas Ailam. And they're in Galas. So this is the proper time to be doig to, to think about the Chorban Habayis. The Shulchan Aruch brings this down in one of the first few Simonim in, in Halacha that a person should, if you wake up early, before Alois, you should cry about the Chorban Habayis. Tanya. Amr Rabbi Yossi says, Pamachas, one time, I was walking on the road, and I entered one of the, one of the Chorvas. The Chorva is a um, rubble, a broken down home in Yerushalayim, and I went there to Davin. So, and he waited for me, Allah Pesach. He waited for me by the entrance, until I finished davening. Just by the way, Rashi points out that the word shamar could mean different things. Shamar can mean to watch, but shamar could also mean to wait, to anticipate. Rashi says we just had this in a, in a, early, in a Vayeshev. The Yaakov waited for uh, the dreams of Yosef to come out, to, 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 to take effect. There's a few times where it's used. If you look at the Nesiva Shalom, Nesiva Shalom on, on Parshas, on Parshas uh, Re'eh, I think, it says, Shamar Vishamarta, that if you anticipate mitzvahs, we call someone a Shomer Shabbos or Shomer Mitzvahs. So there's two ways to understand it. It's someone who keeps the mitzvahs, but, sh- but Shomer also means to anticipate, to wait. Someone who's eager, is waiting for Shabbos, or Shomer Mitzvahs. Someone who's waiting, he's waiting for the mitzvahs to come, waiting for Shabbos. So that's a higher level than just someone who keeps mitzvahs. So that's based on this word of Vishamar, and you wait, and you anticipate. So Elyon Avi comes, he sees this, Avyasi, Avyasi is inside this rubble, he's davening. So Elyon Avi waits outside, says he waited for me until I finished my Shemana Esrei. After I finished my Shemana Esrei, Amrali, Salyo Navi tells me, Shalom Alecha Rebbe, Shalom Alechem, Vamati Loi, and I said back to him, Shalom Alech Rebbe Umari, so back back to you, Shalom Alechem, Vamali Bini, so he said to me, Bini, my son, Vipne Manech Nasta Lechorbazu, why did you enter into this Chorva? Why did you go into this broken down home, this uh, dilapidated building, Amarti Loi Lispaul? I went here to Davin. And he said, You should have daven outside on the road. You shouldn't have davened in this chorva. said, I responded to him, I was afraid that the people passing by would be mafsik me. They would uh, disturb my davening. And this is halacha, actually. But we'll see this soon. That a person is not supposed to daven in a place where he will be disturbed. Prime example of this is your uh, seventh inning stretch. Uh, Yankee Stadium, Marav uh, Minyanim. So if you daven by the kosher stand, right? So then you're going to get disturbed. So you try to find a, cl- a uh, closed-off section. It happens to be paskin that although the chatrili you should not daven in an open place, if you have a choice, davening with a minion versus davening biyachidus, and the minion will be in an open place, we say it's better to daven with a minion, even in Mall of America, Yankee Stadium, wherever you're. Uh, your chaperayin mincha or marav minion is then to end up davening biyachidus. So if someone is by a ball game, I don't think they have a minion in Target Field, but in uh, Yankee Stadium seventh inning stretch. So if you're davening with a minion, try to find a place that's not uh, you're not going to be disturbed. But halachically, it's better to daven with a minion than to daven biyachidus. So either way, he said, I, I daven inside. I don't want people disturbing me, so I went to daven inside. Varmali <coughs> said to me, You should have davened in a bridge version. We're going to see 
later on, Davchavtes, there's a tefillah called Havinenu, which is a, a bridge version of, of tefillah. Don't, uh, don't try this at home. But there are certain situations where halacha dictates you would say the tefillah of Havinenu. So instead of worrying about being disturbed, you should have said a two-minute tefillah, a 30-second tefillah of Havinenu, and then you would not have a problem of people disturbing you. So the Gemara says like this. So Yaisi says, at that moment, Lamati I learned three things from Elio Hanavi. First of all, Lamati, that you shouldn't enter a Chorva. We'll see why not. But Lamadati, and I learned out, that you're allowed to daven on the road. The Lamadati, and I learned that from here. Another thing I learned was if you're davening on the road and you're afraid people are going to disturb you, you should daven the abridged version of davening called Havineno. So that's three things I learned out from Elio Anavi, and the Gemara in a few lines will explain what, uh, what, what's the first halacha that he learned out of not going into a Chorba. So going back to the story, so Yonavi tells Rabbi Yossi Bini, what, what voice did you hear in this Chorva? I heard a Baskal. A Baskal is a lower level than Nevoah, but it's messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what was the Baskal saying? It was a, uh, what does he say, Menahemes? Cooing, cooing like a, 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 a dove, Vimeris, and it's saying, Woe is to the son, because of their sins, I destroyed my temple, the Serafti Sechali, they burnt the Hechel, they glazed the Umais. So Ayonavi tells him, Not only do you hear it now, but it's every day. I swear, not just today alone is when you heard that, when. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Baskal says this, every single day, three times a Mereskach. It says, the, the Baskal, the Shekhinah is saying that, when Chayisro enter Shul, they go to Beis Medrash, and they answer, which Taisva says, today we say, Look at look in Taisus on the side if you want to figure out what we do today, how we recite the Heshmi Rabbah, what the meaning is. But when we say Heshmi Rabbah, so then Akadosh Bochum Nanea Roishai, he nods his head, he says, Ashri HaMelech, praises a king Shemakaus and Oysa Bebesa, that they used to praise me in my home, in the base of Mikdash. Mala La'av, woe is to the father, Shehigla Banav, that had to throw out his children, Va'ilahem Lebanim. And what was to the children that they were thrown away from their father's table. So all the all the Rishana point out that when it, when we say Kaddish, when there's a Yehishme Rabbah, there's it's there's there's conflicting ideas there. On one hand, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is bemoaning the fact that there's no longer a base Hamikdash. But why is he bemoaning the fact now by Yehishme Rabbah? Because it's reminding Hashem of the base Hamikdash. We there's a Ace Ratzon, a level of when the entire tzibur, you hope, everybody says Yehishmei Rabbah together, that's the, that's the recognizing the Shechina, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's a Esrats, and the Gemara, I think it's four times in Shas, the Gemara tells us the, what, the amazing Kayach uh, of answering Yehishmei Rabbah, either your Mavatlin, Gezeris of 70 years, if you say Kayachai, the person, Gehenim is wiped away. There's definitely a lot here when it comes to Yehishmi Rabbah, but that is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a special ace Ratzon. Okay, we'll leave this Gemara 
as is. There's a lot to discuss, but we'll, we'll keep going. So we said that Rabbi Yossi learned that from Eliyahu and Avi three, three things. And one of them was that you should not enter a chorba. So the, this Brisa says there are three reasons a person should not walk into a dilapidated building into a chorba. Number one, there's a concept of chashad. That means even if a person's not doing anything wrong, you, uh, you walk into a McDonald's, you happen to be working for Uber Eats, but you're not wearing an Uber Eats jacket, and you walk out with a fries and a cheeseburger. You walk out holding it and walking back to your car. So now you're not doing anything wrong. You're, you work for Uber Eats, you're going to deliver it somewhere, but there's no marking on your car, you're not wearing the Uber Eats jacket, so there's a concept of chashad, which we assume for now has, is called Marasayan. The onlooker would say, this person is up to no good. He is doing uh, an Avera. Again, if someone wants to get a coffee, you walk out with a coffee from McDonald's, people know that McDonald's sells trafe, and they also sell kosher. Diet Coke and coffee is kosher. But if you walk out with a burger and fries, that's still trafe. It's made on the same uh, grill. Actually, Burger King is getting sued now because they, the Impossible Burger was made on the same grill as the... As the regular burgers. Okay. So if you keep kosher, you didn't have that problem. But delivering basar if you're not being nana from it? Let's assume, yeah, first of all, it's not basar Different. We'll get to Renachulan in six years, seven years. We'll talk about it. Okay. So this one concept of cheshat, of keeping yourself out of, out of uh, Mara Sain. So what will be the Mara Sain here? So <coughs> Rashi explains. They're going to say there's a zoina, a prostitute. The zoina is, going to, is uh, waiting for him there. So this guy is going into this dilapidated building. So a person would say he's up to no good. So do not walk into a, uh, a chorba mipnei chashat. That's one reason. There's a second reason of my pilas that it's, you're putting yourself in danger. This is brought down the last seminar in Chayshem Mishpat that a person should not put himself in a makim sakana. So to walk into a, into a dilapidated building, you have a problem that it might fall on you, so you should not do that. And a third reason is because of mazikin and because of shadim. Now we're going to see throughout Shas, there are many Gemaras talk about shadim, talk about zugais, talk about ruach ra, a lot of things. So there's a taisvis in, uh, in my cotton, I believe, and he says that Already in his times, they no longer, there's no longer existing in this world shadim, mazikin, all these other things. Many of the Bali Machshava write that when Chazal were Mavata, the Koyach of Adizara, so many generations later, we no longer have the Taibas of Adizara. We don't have Navua, Ruach HaKadesh. We could really concentrate by davening. But on the other hand, we don't have any of these things, Zugais and shadim, all these hebejibi stuff. We do not have all these uh, spiritual. Uh, uh, you know, other life forms in our day-to-day life. So therefore, we're going to see the Gemara. There's Gemaras and Psachim that spend a lot of time on Zugais and, and drinking two cups at the same time. Many things that we do are not born in Shulchan Aruch. And this again, Mazik and Shadim, we, we don't deal with in a practical level in Shulchan Aruch. But again... The, if you close up an entryway or a window in a house? So good. Some some stuff are, that's reviewed that Hasid. It's not necessarily Shadim. There are certain things we do. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that a different time. What? So could be he was before. He was before the price. He said he learned that three things from him. Yeah, Rabbi was a, was a Tana. Could be was a, a later Tana. Okay. So three reasons. Now, when the Gemara brings three reasons, that means each one is in the, it has independent on its own. Meaning, I, I have to find the case where, where two reasons wouldn't apply, and I need all three reasons. 
to tell me I can't go to the Chorba. So the Gemara is going to try to figure out why do I need all three reasons. Just tell me, you can't go into a Chorba because of the Zaina. You can't go into a Chorba because of my Pilas or, or because of Shadim. Why do I need three reasons? So the Gemara says, typically Mishim So just tell me, it's because of my Pilas, because it's dangerous to walk in. So the Gemara says, Bechadeti, it's a brand new uh, Chorba, and therefore you see which piece broke. So you know, this side, this section fell. You could assume the other section is not going to fall. So there's no problem of my pilas. Okay, but I still have another problem. So I still have a problem of mazikin, that there are shade in there. So why do I need the reason of cheshat of the zaina? So the Gemara says betray, there are two people there. If you have two people, the Gemara later on is going to say that the shadim are afraid of two people. So the Gemara says a person, a person shouldn't walk alone at night, you walk with a friend. So you avoid the issues of shadim. So if you have two people, there's no shadim. It's a brand new building. So really, I should be able to. Allow, I should be allowed to walk into this chorva, except for the fact that there's a zaina there. That people are going to assume I went there for the zaina. So the Gemara says, betray If you have two men walking into this chorva, There is no chashad of znos when you have two men walking into this this chorba. How do we know this? So Rashi says, if you look in the Mishnah Kedushin, the Mishnah Kedushin says, uh, A woman is allowed to be miyachid, to, be, to have yichud with two men. That is not a problem of yichud. If you look in the Gemara there, it's actually So the Gemara says, the Gemara asks the Kash, the Gemara brings a stira, that we say a woman cannot be miyachid with two men. So what's the Gemara's answer? It depends. If they're kasherim or they're prutzim. So look what the Gemara over here says. The Gemara says... Betray <clears throat> The case was that there were two men, and if there's two men, there's no problem of shadim, but there's still a problem of, that they're pritzim, that they are, I don't have an English word for pritzim, they are, uh, they're not so tzniyas, promiscuous, that would be a better term, promiscuous, and therefore there is a chashadah. They're walking into some building somewhere, there would be a concern that they're going for for Zenos uh, purposes. Now, halach lamaisa. Can a person be, can a woman be miyachet with two men? Or can two men be miyachet with one woman? So, the Gemara over there says that, what the Mishnah says they could. The Gemara brings a, a, a stira. They can't. So the Gemara answers, kan b'chshere, kan b'prutze. Now, what about in between? The person's not a kosher. He's not uh, perfect, tzaddik. But he's not a parrot. A regular person, regular Joe. Can two regular Joes be miyachet? You have an office somewhere. There's, uh, there's two managers and a secretary. Let's assume the, the secretary is a female. And that's their business setup. Nobody comes in, nobody leaves. It's just, that's just the way it is all day, all the time. Is there a problem of yichah? So you can look at the mission. The mission says two men, one woman is not a problem. But the, but the Gemara says only if they're kishiri. So machlekes machaber The shulchan aruch paskins, they have to be two kisherim. Not just stam people, two kosher people, like uh, tzadige hadar. And therefore, it's asr to be miyache, two men and one woman. The Ramah, ashmin agashnaz, meiko. As long as they're not outright prutzim, that means, then, then, has to be that they are, they typically engage in promiscuous activity. Even a non-Jew isn't necessarily a parrot. A parrot means someone who, who is prone to these type of things. So then, you could have two men and one woman being miyached. In the uh, in the same room, but Lila at night, we pass. And you have to add one more 
one more guy. So if you have, this happens a lot, you have babysitters and you have situations where you have two boys and one girl, but it's at night. So halakhically, you have to have a third boy there, a third man, because we're afraid one's going to fall asleep. And then you have Yichud, one boy, one girl. But if you have three, so of the two sleeping boys, one of them is going to wake up, so therefore there will not be a problem of Yichud. So that's just halachalamaisa from this Gemara. Going back to the Gemara at hand. So the Gemara says, I found you a case where the only issue would be Znos. How, how did I find you a case? It's a new Chorba, and it's two, and it's two Pritzi. So there's a chash of znus. What about mazikin? If you have two men walking, walking at, at night, there's no problem of the shadim. <coughs> so the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, So you have another case. Let's say you have a chorba chadati, you have a brand new chorba, and you have two people, and they're kosher. So then, the only issue would be is mazikin, of going into a, 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 of shadim. So the Gemara says, I betray mazikin, not me like her. You just told me that there's no mazikin when I have two. So the Gemara answers, bim chayshinon. When do we say that a person, when you're walking out at night and you're not, you shouldn't be afraid of mazikin, that's when you have your buddy next to you, you're fine, you have two people. However, bim koimon, when they have home field advantage, where the shadim in their area, where they typically live, whatever that means, so then, even if you have two people, you should not enter into a chorba that is uh, the home court advantage of the shadim. Okay? Really, we're talking about a person walking alone. Or the chorba chariti. And it's in a brand new chorba. The kai bedavra. But it's in the field. How does the field help you? The hasam mishum chshad leka. There's no chshad of znus because the women, the haisha bedavra leishricha. It's not typical for women to be hanging out in the fields. I found you a case that it would only be a problem of mazikin. So basically, we found one case, one, one situation where I need each of these three reasons not to go into our chorba. Okay? So that was basically the Gemara's exercise here, trying to figure out why a person should not enter a chorba. Let's keep going. There are four mishmaris in the night. Divi Rebbe. See, I have machlekes. Rebbe holds that the night is divided into four different sections. Rebbe Nassan, Shalosh, three different sections. My time with Rebbe Nassan. What's the reason of Rebbe Nassan? How does he see that it's three sections? Gidon came with a hundred men that were with him at the edge of the camp. So, he came at the beginning of the middle Ashmeris, the middle watch. Now, when you have a middle, so usually you have an odd number. If I have four, I have four uh, tables, there's no middle table. If I have three tables, I can have a middle table. So if it says Hatichayna, the middle watch, must be there are three watches. That's a very simple way of figuring out that there are three watches in the night. What does middle mean? Something before it and something after it. Very good. Very clear. Ah, so for some reason there was three and it's either three or four, right? So if you uh, go to the old DAF app, so I was watching it today. There's a uh, there's someone, Dr. Henry Abramson, the Jewish historian. So he gives the history background to the DAF. So I didn't see this in Svarim, but it's fascinating that he said that during the time of the, when the Talmud Bavli was written, was over the course of time where you had the, uh, you, the Greek decree, the Greek rule and the Roman rule. 
and one of them, I forgot which one, had had a system of guarding the cities at night, and they all, both had systems of guarding cities. And one of them had a three-section Ashmaris, and the other one had a four-section Ashmaris. Yeah. You read it? You read it? Okay, good. So we both watched the same thing. So, so based on that, it's th that could be where they, it was either three or four, and they were they were showing how in Shemaim there was a remez to what, what was going on in the current uh, rule. Seems that proof from Sukkim, like he says Shayag Yishag, and then he says um. Right, that's also three. You're right, Anakanami. You could probably bring it from the puzzle that it was at least three, but so what do you have four? Very difficult to find four from there. Okay, so let's keep going. We're going to see where Rebbe gets it from. For Rebbe. So how does Rebbe understand this? If a middle, middle means you have an odd number. We're saying it's three. So, my tichoyna, he says, a middle means achas mena tichoyna, sheba tichoyna. It's one of the two middle sections. So it's one of the middle ones. I could have four sections. Section number two, section number three are both middles, right? So it's the beginning of one of the middle. For Avnosin, Avnosin says, miksiv tichoyna, sheba tichoyna. It didn't say that one of the middles are the middle ones. Tichoyna, it said the middle one. The middle one means number two out of three. Fine. That's she does Rabbi Nassim that there are three sections. My so now the question is, my time at the Rebbe. Why did, where did Rebbe get this from, that there should be four sections? Now he answers why the Pasuk is not a proof against him, because it's one of the two middle ones. Where did he get it from, that there should be four sections? Amrav Zreka, Amrav Ami, Amrav Yeshua Malevi, Kosov Echad Oimer, one Pasuk says, Chatzois Laila Akam Lohadis Dechah Mishpatei one Pasuk says that David Amalek said, I get up at night. I get up at midnight. Chatzois Laila, I get up. I wake up, that my eyes woke up by Ashmaris, the beginning of the watch. Now, if we, if, assuming he gets at the same time in both Pesukim, that's Chatzois, midnight. Is midnight the beginning of a watch? It only works out if there are four sections in the night, right? If you have four sections in the night, each one's three hours. So midnight is the beginning of number three. But if you have three sections in the night, midnight is smack in the middle of number two. So how can you see it? Beroi shashmaris. Kidma inayashmaris. Okay, it's it must be. Abra mishmaris, havelayla. must be four sections of the night. That's how Rebbe got this information that it must be this four sections of night. Rav Nassim Sarvalak, Rebbe Shua, Tetnan, Rebbe Shua, Aymer, Ad Shalai Shois, that... Rabbi Shua says later on we're going to see when is the latest time you could recite Kriyashma. So we pass it until the third hour of the day, three hours after either Alois or after Nate. That's your Machlekes Mogan Ramanagra. Look at your uh, Zmanim in your local shul, right? You have two Zmanim, depending on how, how, where you start counting, but you have three hours of, of day. So the beginning of the third hour is already when the kings start waking up. So David Amalek says, I get up two mishmaris before the typical kings get up. He was showing on Kaddish Baruch Hu how he wasn't someone who just sat on his couch and slept like all the other kings. He was doing work, hard at work. So he said, I woke up at Rosh HaShmaris. I woke up the beginning of two Ashmaris, two watches before the other kings wake up. So let's, let's take, do the math. The other kings are waking up at the beginning of the third hour, throughout the third hour, but already from the beginning of the third hour, which is 8 o'clock in the morning. The third hour of the day, Day starts at 6. The kings are waking up <coughs> 8 a.m. David Amalek wakes up Chatzais. So from 12 to 8, you got 8 hours. Assuming there's three sections of the night, each section is 4 hours. So the concept of 4 hours is now called an Ashmairis. So David Amalek says, I wake up two Ashmairis prior to the other kings. Okay? 
six hours of the night and two by day. Either that, that's how you call it a shmaris. But either way, he has waking up by the shmaris. That's called two mishmaris. Rav Ashi Yomar, mishmaru upaga, nami mishmaris karale. When the Apostle doesn't say, I woke up at the beginning uh, of the, the second Ashmeira, I woke up before Ashmeiras. Maybe Ashmeira Vachetzi, 12 o'clock till 6, so it's, it's uh, from 12 to 2, and from 2 to 6, that's called Ashmeiras, even though it's not a full watch. There's a fascinating uh, psak of one of the Achorinim that when it comes to Lecha Mishnah, a person could use a challah and a half. And he brings a riot from this that the same way you're calling Ashmeiras Vachetzi, Two Ashmaras, so you can use a chala and a half for Lecha Mishnah. Now, Halach Lamaisa doesn't really make a difference. If you, have, if you don't have Lecha Mishnah, you're still allowed to eat on Shabbos. If you, if you do have Lecha Mishnah, you might as well use the Lecha Mishnah. But that was the, uh, that's the Psak of one of the based on this Gemara that Mishmara Upalga Nami Mishmaris Karalu, it's, well, it's still called Mishmaris Two Watches. Next, now once we quoted Rabbi Shu Malevi, there's another halacha based on Rabbi Shu Malevi. I'm Rabbi Shu Zreka, I'm Rabbi Ami, I'm Rabbi Shu Malevi. You should not speak in front of a mace. Now, this means before the, the mace has been buried. There's a Gemara later on which discusses what you could do in a base Kvaris. But this is talking about the mace is still around, they didn't, haven't buried the Nifta yet. So this halacha is covered a mace. You can only talk about him, give a hespid. But you can't talk about other things. The Taz in, in, uh, in, in Yerodea says that sometimes he goes to these uh, Leviahs and people are busy showing off how much they know, not talking about the mace at all. He says that's totally against this Gemara. The Gemara says, Ain Amr Fan Mace, Ella Dvarov Shal Mace. Amrav Abba Bakahanaloi, Amran Ella Bedivetara. That's only said, meaning even Divetara you shouldn't say in front of a mace. Avamila da Alma. But Mila Da'ama, you want to talk about sports, you want to talk about the Vikings, no problem. Less Lombard, the mace doesn't care about it. Right? There's a concept of loig l'rash cherev say. The halach is, you know, uh, when you go to a cemetery, you tuck your tzitzis in. Why? Because the mace can't perform the, mitz- the mitzvah of tzitzis. So we don't want to make him jealous. You make him jealous, you show him he can't respond, he can't keep the mitzvah, you tuck your tzitzis in. What about driving up in your, in your Mercedes? No problem. The mace doesn't care. He doesn't care about that. One, one string sticking out of your pants that gets him jealous, but the, the Mercedes doesn't care about it. So the, so the Gemara says, only by different Torah he's going to be concerned. It's like the Rosh. But Alma, you want to talk about the weather, you want to talk about other things? Less Lamba, no problem. Veka Da'amri, Amar of Abba, Bakahana, Le'armin, Ela'afilu, but different Torah. For sure, different Torah you shouldn't stay in front of the mace. Why? And because it's not covered a mace to still talk about other things, even different Torah. The Kolshkein, Mila Da'amma. This has nothing to do with the halacha of showing off in front of the mace. This is, this is specifically when we're burying the dead body, the dead person. And instead of being busy with the kvura, we're busy talking about something else. So even midlidama, even talking about the weather, should not be done in front of a mace. So that's the machlekes in the, in the Gemara. We are machmer on both. We do not, uh, the Ramah says, we are machmer not to talk about anything in front of a mace when they're burying the mace, not to schmooze, not to, not to, uh, not to say different Torah, and not to talk about Dvar Matalim either. Is that only within Dalat Amis or ah, So here it doesn't mention Dalat Amis. Over there, when we talk about basic Kvaris, it mentions the concept of Dalat Amis. We would be machmer here even not in Dalat Amis. Person, by by Leviah. By Leviah, a person should not be schmoozing even not in Dalat Amis. Let's keep going. So the Gemara says, at a, the Gemara assumed that David Amalek wakes up by Chatzois. That's the Pasuk. Tell him, Chatzois, Laila, Akum, Lahodis, Lacham, Shpitz, Lacham. So, Pretty Marvadar, Pagalaila, Havikai. David woke up 
at midnight, he woke up already from the beginning of the night. I already woke up, but Neshef, Neshef sounds like we're going to assume means sunset here. And he see he woke up much earlier. I don't know when he slept, but he woke up at six o'clock at night. So the Gemara says, "We might the high nefesh or to who? How do you know that nefesh means night?" The Chsiv ben Neshef be erev yom be ishan It clearly says ben Neshef be erev yom evening be ishan laila when he sleeps tonight. Vafel Amar Rav Shai Amar Rav Acha Hachi Kamar. So this is Pshat. David may Oila Hachi Kamar David. This is what David said. May Oila over Alai Chatzos Laila Vishena. I never was sleeping at midnight. Midnight never hit me, and I was sleeping. When did I typically wake up? Six o'clock, six p.m. But I never slept past midnight. From Zera Amar, Al Chatzos Laila Hayim Snanim Kasus until Chatzos Laila he would doze off like a sus, like a horse, which is not a very deep sleep. From that point and on, he would uh, be miskaber, wake up like a like an ari, like a lion, and that's how you answer the stira. There was halacha lemaisa based on this gemara. Misnanim kasus. The mishabur says, when do you have to wash your hands? After we wash our hands after sleeping, mishum ruach ra. That we assume ruach ra comes onto our body and it stays on our hands even after we wake up. So the so we know when we go we go to sleep at night, we definitely wash our hands in the morning. What if someone takes a nap during the day? The Mishaburah says, if you sleep more than a sus, we, we assume that means a half hour, longer than a half hour nap, a person should wash his hands, and the Tila Sadaim do not make a bracha, but you wash your hands after uh, your half hour nap at your uh, lunch break. And from that point on, many of the Rishonim would say that he wrote Tehillim from midnight until day. So now we said that Neshef meant night, and the Gemara is going to challenge that. Who says Neshef means night? I heard the Neshef or to who? Neshef means night. Ha Neshef tzafru. Neshef means the morning. Dechseva Yakum David mehan Neshef v'yada erev. And David, uh, he, he was fighting with the Plishtim. Mehan Neshef from the Neshef v'yada erev. The Machrosim the next day. My love mit tzafra v'alal isn't that from morning until night? If you say mehan Neshef v'yada erev, it sounds like morning to night. The Gemara says loy no me orto v'ad orto from night to night. So Ihachi, if it's talking about from night to night, lichtod mehan neshef v'adaneshef. Use the same word from neshef to neshef, or mehan erev v'adaneshef from from night to night. You don't say from neshef to erev and confuse everyone. Ela amarava tre nashvi havu. Neshef does not mean day or night. Neshef means to to pass, to uh, to change, to separate. Neshef laila v'asi yimama. Neshef when laila leaves, yimama comes. Day comes. Neshef yimama. When when night leaves, I'm sorry, Neshef even when day leaves, Vasi Laila and night comes. So Neshef could be used either for dusk or for dawn. It means the changing, the separation of, a separation, but contrasting between day and night is Neshef, the passing from day to night or from night to day. Let's keep going. Did David Amalek know when midnight was? He says, uh, He says, I woke up at Chatzais. How did David Amalek know? Who was greater than David Amalek didn't know when Chatzais was. The Pasik says, So Moshe tells, Moshe tells Paroi that, like, you know, around Chatzais Halayla, Akalish Baruch is going to go out uh, in the triumph and kill all the all the firstborn. My kachatzois, like like around chatzois. If you if you think that Akalish Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu around chatzois, there's no like or around or maybe by Akalish Baruch. Make a sveik or kamishmaya. Akalish Baruch doesn't know when chatzois is. He could change whatever he wants. 
He told Moshe it's going to be tomorrow mid, mid, midnight, like now. He was, he was speaking to him a day before. The night before, he said, the same exact time, tomorrow night, that's when it's going to be. Va'asi'i, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Parai, Va'amra, and he said, Kichatzais, around Chatzais. Perhaps he was nervous that it would be the wrong time, and he, didn't, he wasn't clear when Chatzais would be. So Alma, as of now, Alma we see from here, Masafkele, that Moshe didn't know when Chatzais was. Now, many of us know the Rashi and Parshas Boy, that's Dalad Amadalaf, we'll get to it tomorrow what Moshe really meant when he said this. But as of now, the Gemara assumes Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know when Chatzais was exactly. Don't so we have a so we, we don't want to... Could we uh, for that? The dogs are biting. Oh, very good. <laughs> I don't know. So, but let's just keep going. So, if Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesopic, how could David HaMelech know about it? Did David have a Yadas? The Gemara said, David Simona Havile, David had a simon. David had a harp above his bed in the window of a cave in Shagia When Chatzais Laila would come, Baruch Tzafanis, the northern wind would uh, the wind would start blowing in a different direction. Many assume this was a miracle, a nace. Vinoyshevas boy, it would blow on it and it would umenagin melo and it would start playing on its own. So miyad hayoimid vaosi batara. At that point, he would wake up vaosi batara at shalom and until the until uh, until morning. So that's how he knew when midnight was. Like you said, the dogs. What about the dogs? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. If you tell me that dogs bark at chatzais, so first of all, Rashi says he was worried about having to prove it. Amoshray, nobody's saying Wacham Dovna Melch. That Amoshray was worried about Well, Mitzrayim is not a township because the dogs didn't bark. The dogs didn't bark tonight, very good. That's a great terrace. Yeah, okay, it's a good terrace. Dogs didn't bark. And second of all, and second of all, one second, second of all, the Gemara also has a different terrace. Maybe this is a proof to it. The Gemara's second terrace was that the dogs didn't bark at midnight. The dogs barked two in the morning, the end of the second watch. But okay, good, good questions. Good stuff here. Okay, so then the Gemara says. Came in Shalom and Ashachar, so we're, uh, we're six lines from the bottom. Once Amun Ashachar came, Nechnesu Chach Me Yisrael Etzloi, the Chacham of Yisrael came to Amuloi, they said to him, Adonino Amelach, David Amelach, Amcho Yisrael, Tzrichem Parnasa, your nation needs Parnasa, we need, we need food. Amulahem, Lechuvis Parnasu Zemizeh, go, go support each other, give each other Parnasa, get, get to work. Amuloi, Ena Kaimates Maspia Sari, the Kaimates, the, the fist. Which means kaimates is when you bring a carbon mincha, you only bring the the kaimates. It's a it's a fistful, which means very very little. <coughs> it's not going to satisfy maspia sari. It's not going to satiate the lion. and the pit will not get filled up from its own sand. So there are two ways of understanding this. Rashi says that when you when you empty out a pit and you uh, and you dig a hole. And you put sand back in. It's not going to fill it up as it was before. Toys says, what is, what does that have to do with anything? Toys says. That if you take, if you if you if you have a hole, you have a pit, and you take dirt from it, you dig a hole to get dirt, and now you use that dirt and you fill in the original hole. And now you have a second hole, so you're going to dig another hole. So you never it's 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 never going to to correct itself. So they were telling him, we do not have enough jobs and funding to be able to support everyone. You're going to take from one person, then he's not going to have. So what what do you suggest? Go fight the uh, the enemy, and get them. They they were sabotaging a lot of the the Jewish businesses. Many of the Rishonim say it was Amalek. Amalek was was uh, harassing the Jews at that time in history. So let's go to war with them. So Miyad Yoyetzim Achitoifel. They first asked Achitoifel for advice. 
Then they go ask the Sanhedrin, and then Then they ask God. They ask the Urim Vatumim on the on the Kain Gadol if they should go out to war. Amrav Yosef, this is my crow. Where do I see this in the Pasik? It says, That's what the Pasik says. So the Gemara Darshan's Achitoifel Zayoitz, that was the advisor. Vechain, uh, what's the abbreviation here? And the the advice of Achitoifel that he gave advice during those days, Kashi Yishal Ish, Bidvara Lakim, it was such great advice, the same advice that if, as if someone was asking God. So you see, Achitoifel was the advisor. Beniyahu, Beniyada, he was the Av Bezin, Zesan Hedron. Vavyasar, Elu Urim Vatum, and that is talking about the Urim Vatum, that's the Pshat in the Pasuk. So first you ask, get advice, then you go to the Sanhedrin, and then you ask from Akadish Baruch. So the Rav Zilbershin writes, Anytime a person is going into business, three-step process. Number one, first figure out if it's a good idea from a business standpoint. Then, number two, you go to your Rav, make sure it's uh, not illegal or not against the halacha. And finally, number three, you daven to Hashem. For, uh, <laughs> then you daven to Hashem to have a hatzlacha. But don't, don't go backwards. Don't daven for hatzlacha and then try to figure out if it's a good idea. And then try to figure out if it's, if it's, uh, if it's uh, you know, halachically correct. First, you make sure it's a good idea. No halachic issues, and then you daven for Hatzlacha. Okay, shkoyach.